So that was interesting. Yes. <laughs> anything else you want to add or anything that flitted through your head that you thought, oh, I wish I'd said that? Um, well, I think that people always have the questions about the plastic on the sticks yeah. somehow. And I think that... Um, Hmm. Maybe maybe to talk a little bit about that because we had this this experiment with the you know you brought all of those sticks yeah, in you've yeah. been working with the sticks yeah. um, and it really felt after that experience on uh, Tom and Emir uh -huh. that they weren't quite right no na au naturel no yes <laughs> that there's nothing is anymore to, no. That, that my whole entire perspective of landscape had shifted, even though it had been shifting anyway, and uh, I knew those things. Uh, the the way of, um, you know, the way that we'd been working with the story really made me see differently. And so it, it felt really important to intervene in, in, that, in, in those natural things in some way. Yeah. Yes, it's interesting that division or lack of division between the human world and the natural world, because we are completely natural. Mm. And everything we do is, but this we've made this stuff called plastic. But strangely, it's now becoming part of us. Mm. In well, presumably not very healthy ways. Yeah, on a molecular level, mm. you know, it's it's changing our uh, physiology. It affects all different kinds of development, you know, babies in the womb and all that kind of stuff. But I think for me, even even though that plastic's this massive thing. It, the plastic really just stands in for all of yeah. the other things, you know, yeah. like the antibiotics and the, yeah. you know, the many, many other things that we're poisoning ourselves and and all of the things that live with us, um, yeah, constantly. Um, and it's very urgent, mm. really urgent. So, yeah, it felt really important to to kind of deal with that somehow. Yes, I mean, we were we went for we were very very privilege to to be on tour at all and we're we've been in Dorset and we went to Thomas Hardy's house and there there was this uh, little granny annex that they built for Thomas Hardy's granny uh, where he as a boy used to go and listen to her cook and tell stories and all the rest and he wrote a poem which I don't have to hand right now but basically his memory of her telling stories is that it is in the present tense yeah. and she's both seeing the pictures and the pictures are happening now and I think there's a common thread there where with this kind of material, if you're not careful, you're going to end up in some kind of misty Celtic past. Mm. Um, whereas it's not like that at all. These stories are happening now. Mm. I think that the, the opportunity of the story as well is that it's so located in landscape and you can actually put your body mm. in that landscape mm. that if you didn't take the opportunity to really make it present then you'd be missing a bit of a trick there absolutely <laughs> yeah and and i you know it's great the way that you at the beginning of the story you guide us to these places as if we were traveling there it, it sort of brings you into the story in a different way mm. there is this, this idea of like being physically present in the landscape um obviously we're not as present in it as people who built those houses or mm. people who farm there or, or people who live there. But it's a very different, having lugged the harp up and down the, the hill and visited it on several occasions, it, it, it has a resonance for us that 
we have to start listening to it. You can't visit it that often without listening to it. Mm. And it stops becoming, uh, it becomes much more dynamic and it stops becoming a nice little Instagram pic of something landscape-y. Mm. It becomes more dynamic and has an effect on you. Mm. A friend of mine uh, uh, saw the show really at the beginning when we were at Beyond the Border. She came there and she was overwhelmed because this place is where she spent her childhood mm. holidays and she couldn't believe that she had been guided by you to a place that she knew really well but didn't know. Mm. And so it, whole layers of experience opened up differently for her because of the way that you described that journey from the motorway. Yeah, fascinating. We've done 30 shows and it's still, it's now beginning to feel like it's got its own momentum. It is easily the most challenging thing I've ever done. Um, and uh, I do feel like I'm there every time I, I do it. And at the same time, the story is a, is a parallel environment to the, the kind of literal stomp around in your boots mm. type environment. Mm. And it, it changes as well. And I'm now saying things, I've, I've no idea what I'm go it's going to come out of my mouth next. And the last, the last few performances, very interesting stuff has come out. Luckily, it's all made sense and it's been appropriate. Um, uh, and I think there is, you do enter into a relationship with both the landscape and the story material. And you are not necessarily in charge, mm. I think, as, mm. a, as a performer. That's great. Well, then, then that means that it's actually doing the thing that we really thought about doing right at the very beginning of the process, which is bringing kind of time into simultaneity through, you know, things and places and people. You're obviously moving Great. backwards and forwards. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, very difficult to keep, like you say, to keep a track of. But it's kind of how we think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You see something, you think about it, you see something else, you know. Yeah. It's very difficult then to hold as a sort of two-hour experience, but it happens. Amazing. <laughs> with songs and everything. With all, all that stuff and sticks. <laughs> right, thank you so much, Paula. Great talking to you. It's a pleasure. We have a show tonight in the Exeter Phoenix. Let's hope that this conversation helps. <laughs>